Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite paranormal podcast called Paranormal Exposed. This is, again, the evidence-based podcast that looks into various paranormal occurrences that happen here in the United States. I'm your host, Michelle, and even though I'm a skeptic by nature, I really want to be a believer. I am both intrigued by the paranormal and open to the possibilities of what might be out there. So join me every Wednesday as I dive into a different paranormal topic and present to you what is real, what is not real, and what may just be in between. I will present to you both the historical facts as well as the paranormal reports, and we will see where the two meet. So join me in exposing the paranormal. This week's episode, I decided to pay homage to our upcoming St. Patrick's Day, which is tomorrow. So I am focusing this episode on a saloon. And this is the Oxford Saloon, which is located in Snohomish, Washington, which is just a few miles from Seattle. And it is open present day, so you are more than welcome to go and have yourself a green beer, maybe an Irish whiskey, whether that be Bushmills or whether that be maybe some Jameson. You can decide if you are a Catholic or Protestant whiskey. I am not even going to get into that. But before I get into the haunted tales of the Oxford Saloon, I am going to get into a brief history of the origins of the saloon. So the building that the saloon is in was actually erected in 1890 by a man named Arthur Blackman. And it wasn't originally used as a saloon. It was actually a grocery store called Blackman's Dry Goods Store. In 1910, the store was actually sold, and at that point, it became a saloon for the first time. So it wasn't originally called the Oxford Saloon. It was actually the Oxford Tavern. And prior to opening the saloon, the new owners actually did some remodeling, including they added a covered entryway area and a staircase that went to the second floor so that they could use it for rooms versus just storage purposes. And it is actually said that the second floor was used to run a brothel out of the saloon, and it was run by a madam named either Catherine or Kathleen. No one seems to be able to agree on that first name. And what she did with the second floor is she used the various rooms, you know, to host different men for her different girls that she used. But she didn't like to stay at the saloon itself, so she used a room at the nearby Eagles Lodge in town as an office to run her brothel out of. In this office, she would actually take reservations for the rooms and the girls for the night, though she did eventually end up living in the saloon itself for a time. The saloon also featured a men's card room, there was a basement area, and of course, the bar. Over the years, the saloon actually changed owners and names many, many times, though it usually did function as a saloon and actually kept the name Oxford as part of its name throughout the changes in ownership. It is stated that the saloon actually did experience quite a bit of violence. Think of it, this does tend to happen when you mix drinking and gambling and women and all of that not usually a good outcome. In 1920, 1933, 
Remember, prohibition was in effect, making the sale and distribution of alcohol illegal, which is why it was actually used as the Oxford pool room at that time, as it wasn't able to be used as a drinking establishment again until World War II. And we are going to now fast forward to current day. And in 1992, the bar was fully restored, but they wanted to keep the original charm from the late 1800s, early 1900s. So when they restored it, they kept as many of their original fixtures as they could. They decorated it with period pieces. And the main floor bar is actually the original bar from the early 1900s. The upstairs has been converted into a third floor bar with, of course, the original decorations and time-appropriate artifacts. The downstairs is now known as the cellar pub, and the whole thing functions as not only a bar, but it's also a music venue, a restaurant. They have live music most nights. It's just kind of a fun thing, so if you are near the Snohomish Seattle area, you can definitely pop in and get yourself a drink for St. Patrick's Day. I'm now going to get into the haunted reports of what is said to be going on at the Oxford Saloon. It is reported that in the bar that you really never feel alone, even if you are in the room by yourself. And this can be especially creepy for those who might be closing up the bar late at night by themselves. There's also often footsteps that are heard doors will open and close by themselves, and apparitions are even seen throughout the bar. People report smelling lavender perfume, and they will hear furniture and objects being moved throughout the saloon. There's also, of course, random hot and cold spots that will be felt throughout the building, and it is actually said that over 10 people have died in the saloon itself over the decades. And this is what causes the various shadow people that are seen around the bar as well. And who one of those shadow people is probably the most famous haunt of this saloon, and that is the haunted spirit of Henry. Now, Henry was a police officer by trade, but it is said that he went to the Oxford Saloon regularly to make some side money as a bouncer for the saloon. Well, one night, Henry was working the bar as usual when a fight broke out. And as he was breaking up the fight, one of the men actually stabbed him with a knife. So he fell down the stairs towards the basement after being stabbed. And in the end, his injuries were actually so severe that he ended up passing away in the bar. After his tragic demise, Henry's spirit is now said to be lingering at the Oxford Saloon. And he usually likes to hang out by the stairs to the basement where he had, you know, fallen down and died. And he also is kind of a little bit of a frisky guy, even after he had passed. He likes to spend a lot of his time in the ladies' restroom. And people will report in the ladies' restroom the feeling of being pinched by Henry in the bathroom. Though he might have been a bouncer and a tough guy in life, in death, he doesn't really like confrontation, as when you question him or kind of confront him about what he's doing, he quickly disappears. Now, there's a man named Gary Peterson, and he stated that his grandfather, who was named Samuel Nels Peterson, actually owned the building at the time of the murder. 
And back then, it was called the Oxford Tavern, not the Oxford Saloon. He owned it actually from the early 1920s until about 1938. Now, Nels ran the bar and owned it. He liked to smoke a cigar while he worked. And a fun fact is you can actually still sometimes smell the cigar smoke in the bar from Mr. Peterson. And Mr. Peterson actually does remember Henry being murdered in the downstairs bar as he reported to his grandson. Another story associated with Henry is that from Mr. Swanson, who is actually the current owner of the Oxford Saloon. He stated that back in 2007, he had a doorman who was working the bar for him. And after his shift had ended, at the end of the night, they were both sitting up at the bar on the main floor having themselves a drink before they kind of closed it off for the night. When the doorman went downstairs to the basement because he had forgotten something, when he came back upstairs, Mr. Swanson stated that this big, tall, burly guy who guarded doors and kicked people out, he looked terrified. He was shaking, and Mr. Swanson asked him what had happened. He said that when he got down to the basement bar, there was actually a guy sitting at the bar. He appeared to be wearing a three-piece suit and had a hat on. So, of course, they were closed, so the doorman's like, hey... We're closed. You got to get out of here. But the guy just ignored him. He looked past the staircase. He didn't say a word. So the doorman turned to look at the staircase to see what the guy was looking at. But when he looked back, the guy was totally gone. Now, that's the ghostly reports of Henry. But there are also said to be at least three other ghosts that haunt the second floor of the saloon. One of them is a man, and the other two, they're female. And if any of you are actually a Sublime fan, yeah, that just reminded me of probably a little inappropriate, but the Smoke Two Joint song, I almost kind of went into that right there, but I'm just going to move on. This is a St. Patty's Day episode, not a April 20th episode. Now, the man is actually wearing a bowler hat, just as I described the doorman had seen. And this is said to be the spirit of the former owner, Nels Peterson, who I mentioned earlier, who stated he remembered the stabbing of Henry. And many people, of course, will also smell the cigar smoke with him around, as remember, Nels liked to smoke cigars at the bar. He's also said to maybe be one of the shadow people who's still working at the bar, and he likes to appear in people's pictures. Though when he does, he causes the pictures to either warp or blur. Now, in addition to this man, again, there are two women who haunt the second floor, and one of them is an older woman. And when you see her, she's usually wearing a purple dress that featured various purple bows on it. And this is said to be the ghost of the woman who ran the brothel. Remember, she was either Catherine or Kathleen. I'm just going to refer to her as Kathleen, as it is an aunt's name and easier for me to remember. Now, at the top of the staircase leading to the second floor is a bathroom. And in this bathroom is the original clawfoot tub, which is where Kathleen's body was actually discovered. And when it was discovered, she was actually found dead in the clawfoot tub. And some reports state she was murdered 
and some reports say she took her own life. Though most of the reports I read state that she was decapitated, so I'm not sure how this could be classified ever as a suicide. I mean, how does one chop their own head off? I'm not sure. But regardless of how she died, she is said to have been in the bathtub dead, and her spirit is now said to haunt the second floor area of the saloon. And this, again, could partially be due to the fact that not only did she die here, but the same creepy tub is still there. But while you may not get a chance to see Kathleen's spirit for yourself, you can still see her for sure, as there is actually a full-size Kathleen mannequin that hangs creepily from the ceiling. I will definitely post a picture of this on social media, as it is quite creepy looking. And she is, of course, sporting the purple dress, as does her spirit. Now, moving on to the second woman who is said to be haunting the saloon, and this is the spirit of Amelia. Now, Amelia is said to actually be one of the women who was employed at the brothel, though really not of her free will. It is said that Kathleen somehow forced her into prostitution, so I'm assuming she was probably of young age. Now, Amelia actually stayed in room six on the second floor, and this is actually where her body was discovered when she had passed. Now, again, this is another one where we don't know if she committed suicide or if she was murdered. But when they found her body, it was on the floor of the closet in her room. She was kind of found curled up in a ball, but her neck actually appeared broken. So we have two now claims of possible suicide, one with decapitated and one with a broken neck. Seems a little fishy to me. Guests claim that with Amelia's spirit, they feel very soothed, even if she actually kind of does some creepy stuff. I'm not sure I would be soothed with this, but what she likes to do is you'll see a woman's hand reaching out from the walls trying to grab you. Because I definitely would not be comforted with that experience. Now I'm going to get into an employee account of an investigation that happened at the saloon. And this employee's name was Rebecca. And she stated that back in 2019, some investigators came to find out what was going on. So they were doing some EVP sessions. They were doing some filming. When all of a sudden, everybody came running downstairs because they stated they heard a crash coming from downstairs and they wanted to make sure she was okay. And she was like, yeah, I'm fine. And they're like, well, what do you mean? You were screaming, help me, help me. She said, no, I wasn't saying anything. But when they looked back on the video camera, they stated that they actually could hear a woman screaming, help me, but no one knows where that came from. And when they went into the bathroom where Kathleen's body was apparently found, they really didn't get any responses, but there was two men's voices that actually came through the tape recorder that was talking about the woman who was pushed down the stairs. And they stated that it wasn't suicide, it was murder. After the responses from these two voices, hearing the person scream for help, and the people stating that it was murder, they concluded that Amelia was actually placed in the closet to look like a suicide. 
And what they believed is that Amelia was actually set to marry a man she didn't want to, and she was pregnant. So she was killed in a murder for hire by a man named Edward, who was a local jazz musician. And Rebecca said that the two men on the audio recorder kept mentioning that they should hide because Edward was there. On October 29th of 2014, there was a couple who stated that they were sitting at a round table by the window when they actually witnessed a shadow person come out of the edge of the door that leads upstairs, dart along the wall, and then disappear behind a booth. And one last account that I wanted to talk about as far as the haunted occurrences is that of an account that is stated by Mr. Swanson, the owner of the bar. He said this happened pretty recently. It was about two o'clock in the morning and there was a band that had just finished their set and was packing up, getting ready to leave for the night. Now this band member, of course, didn't know that the place was haunted and she said, hey, I'm gonna go use the restroom, wash my hands. Um, so can you get everything ready for me to leave while I do that? About 10 minutes later, the band member comes laughing up the stairs, and when Mr. Swanson asked her if everything was all right, she said, yeah, you have a really nice bartender downstairs. He then proceeded to tell the band member the history of the building about Henry, Kathleen, Amelia, all of those, and then he said, look, I'm the only one here. She instantly paused, turned completely sheet white, walked over, picked up all her guitars and things, and left. She did not ask for her check. She would not come back to play another set and will no longer receive his phone call. And per the Oxford Saloon, they actually no longer host ghost investigations because they stated that multiple events actually led people to getting hurt. One of the last times they let investigators come was when there was a group of photography students from the local Snohomish High School. They came to the saloon with a spirit box that had supposedly been used in multiple graveyard investigations. And what they told the kids is they told them about the presence of multiple spirits upstairs, but they never mentioned the names or who they were. Now, soon after the investigation started, one of the kids came downstairs and sat at one of the tables in the saloon. And the owners, they thought it was a little odd, but they didn't think too much of it. And then the following day, she got a call from one of the kids who was a part of the investigation. And he told her that the kid who came downstairs had been really depressed since the investigation and has talked about wanting to commit suicide, but had never had thoughts about it before then. So the Oxford Saloon has kind of stopped that. They won't host investigations anymore because they just don't want someone to get hurt because of their association with doing the investigation. Lastly, with the creepiness, there is a creepy doll who was actually perched on top of the original bar in the saloon. But it's not just creepy because it looks creepy. It said that she would actually wink at people and will even move her arms and legs. And people ended up becoming so creeped out that they actually had to move the doll upstairs, which is where she currently resides. Though I really can't tell you where this doll came from or any other information as it is not listed. 
Now I'm going to go into a little bit debunking with some of this. Now, one thing is Henry. So you might ask who Henry was. He again was stated to be the police officer and all that. There's also the backup evidence from Mr. Peterson, things like that. But I extensively searched the Washington newspapers. That includes the Snohomish newspapers, the nearby Seattle Times, all the Seattle newspapers. And I looked at all the archives from when it became a saloon in 1910 all the way up to 1960. And remember Nels Peterson? He only held it from the 20s till 1938. So if he witnessed it, it would have been easy to research. But in all of those decades of looking at all the newspapers, no police officer or anyone else for that matter was stabbed to death in the bar. There was no shootings that could have killed him instead. No man named Henry at all. And I would assume that if someone was stabbed to death in a bar, that this would have been reported and put in the newspapers. And again, it was not. Also, why does Henry not have a last name? If it was that famous of a case, not only would it have been in the newspapers, but he probably would have had a last name. So I'm assuming that this probably didn't happen. And I also find it odd that Nels Peterson would actually choose to haunt this bar. Now, I do know he was associated with it. He owned it for almost two decades. He probably put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it. But even though he owned it for two decades, he lived an additional over three decades without any association with that bar. So I'm not sure why he would want to go and spend his afterlife here. Um, Maybe as a shadow person, his spirit might still be doing some work, but I really don't know that he would be the person haunting here. Also digging into those newspaper archives, I do not show any women dying in this tavern via being found in a bathtub or in a closet. No murders, no suicides, no nothing. Then again, I can't also research the madam or Amelia for sure. As first off, with the madam, no one knows her real first name. Is it Catherine? Is it Kathleen? And neither Amelia or her have a last name, of course, so you cannot really research them fully. But while there are probably some, you know, unsavory events that happened, I don't know that anyone actually ever passed away in this place. Maybe some people are still doing some shadow people work after they had passed. But again, at the end of the day, I don't really see a whole lot of evidence that shows that any of these four people are actually haunting. Maybe there's other people that I'm unaware of, but that is just my thoughts on these reports. And going back, if you remember earlier when I mentioned in the episode that there had been at least 10 murders, deaths, whatever it may be, in the saloon. But again, remember I really researched the archives for any sort of death, stabbing, suicide, whatever it may be, and I found nothing. So while you could maybe argue, well, maybe you couldn't find the article for Henry, or maybe you couldn't find the article for Catherine, or maybe you couldn't find the article for Amelia. How do you claim that I couldn't find the articles for 10 dead people in one location? It just seems a little mind-boggling, so definitely puts my skeptic radar up on this story. And also, just a little side note of the band member who left. Maybe she just didn't want to pay her tab. 
And then she didn't go back to the bar. Who knows? Maybe they rang up a couple hundred dollar tab and wouldn't have made any money that night. So that's just my thoughts. I don't know that I would say the Oxford Saloon is probably haunted. Possibly, but I don't have any facts, no evidence that I could really find. But maybe you think it is haunted or you've had an experience. I'd love to hear any other facts you might have or any information you'd have that you'd like to share. I'd also love to hear your feedback and suggestions you may have for a future episode. So make sure you tune in every Wednesday, wherever you tune in, and don't forget to leave a review and follow this podcast. You can also follow on social media for more information on each episode, which includes pictures, links, and much, much more. You can follow on Facebook at Paranormal Exposed, on Instagram at The Paranormal Truth, or you can always shoot me an email at paranormalexposedpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful, safe, and happy St. Patrick's Day, and I will catch you all next Wednesday.